1: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely, surprisingly chilly—I have to say, shockingly chilly—Austin, Texas. And Julie, welcome to today's show.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. I love it. I think it's a nice break. And uh, you're talking about the temperature. Enjoying that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's refreshing. Yeah, so. it is a nice break. Right, well, it'll be back to
1: 130 tomorrow, so don't enjoy it for too long. I know.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Keep you on your toes.
1: So, guys, we're going to right. finish up where we left off yesterday. And the topic that we're talking about is the 12 signs you have the entrepreneurial mindset. And just in case you're not listening or you're listening to us for the first time, as I have to remind you myself, a lot of you guys are just discovering us now. We added 10,000 new regular listens in the past 30 days. Did I tell you that, Julie? We added 10,000 new listeners. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Great. so I think it's cuz of the success of the book and people are, you know, coming across the podcast and you know, everything everybody's kind of coming around to the idea that there needs to be a return to sanity in real estate and they're finding I think a lot of the things that we're saying to reinforce uh, the reasons they originally got into real estate, which generally speaking, you know, was to create some financial independence for themselves. Ultimately, they have a sense of freedom. And uh, I think they probably, a lot of folks, a lot of agents, a lot of business owners really, are really getting sick of the fact that, you know what, they're not pulling the profit out of the business that they expected that they would. A lot of folks get into real estate and get into owning a business in general for romantic reasons, right? They have this illusion, this they're following this sort of mythical, you know, belief that you're somehow you know some sort of free spirit creative entrepreneur just doing what you want to do when you want to do it and somehow magically when you have passion and all these other sort of soft and cuddly bullshit words that people have been I think seduced by over the last couple of decades with regards to what what's needed to be successful in real estate and life in general you know all these words all these thoughts all these like follow your passion build a team all this you know buy leads all this stuff guys some of you have been around the bend so many times with these ideas with those ideas that you're realizing that they're just big lies and and, and Julie and I made a commitment to all of our podcast listeners a few years ago that we weren't going to even try to be politically correct when something's bullshit we're going to call it bullshit that's the reason that well i'll tell you guys listeners i'll tell you something funny so the name of our number one international best-selling book as a lot of you guys know Julie. i don't i always forget the subtitle but it's harris rules and i'm going to pull it up real quick just so do you have it right you have a a book like right beside Uh. you don't you
2: I do actually getting ready for premiere. Oh, okay, it's your no BS practical step-by-step guide to finally become rich and free.
1: Okay, so that's really the theme of the podcast too, but I'm going to tell y'all uh, you guys something funny. So Um, Amazon won't let us run an ad for the book. Our publisher wanted to run an ad for the book on Amazon. So pay Amazon. Now we don't really need an ad for the book. I mean it's selling thousands and thousands of copies and it's a number one international bestseller and all the rest of it. So it's really exceeded our expectations. But the funny part was is Amazon wouldn't let the publisher run ads for the book. And he he kept on submitting these ads, and they kept on saying "No," and finally we hear back. it's because they think the word b s is profane. <laughs> So yeah. by saying no BS, they're basically saying that violates their terms of conditions for ads, and that the words no BS might offend somebody. So they're not going to allow him to run ads to promote the book on Amazon. I thought that was just priceless, because isn't that just the truth? Because we're all so worried about offending somebody, we're afraid to say the truth anymore. Well, we you know in our little world, the world that all of you guys are a part of or becoming part of on this podcast and with our coaching program, we're all we, the pack we all have with each other is we're always going to tell the truth. We're always going to be sometimes painfully honest about essentially what it takes to be successful. Again, I always say real estate because that's really our wheelhouse, but truly it's life, isn't it? If you have the mindset of uh, you know being a successful entrepreneur, which is today's podcast, you're, that's going to carry through to the other aspects of your life too. But the thing I want all of you guys to never forget, and I remind all of our regular listeners, and I know that I have to say this a billion times, is that Really what it comes down to is the belief that the living by the idea that you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level and – Any business, real estate in particular, is always about being of service to other folks. When you guys live by those two rules, and obviously there's a lot of other rules as well, but those are the two dominant rules that will shape the rest of your own personal philosophy about life and business. And the main one is the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That is the antithesis of what literally everybody else is saying. Now, I shouldn't say everybody because there's a handful of authors. There's a handful of people that are business leaders. That aren't afraid to tell you guys the truth about that. But look how frequently, when you go to listen to, I, you know, I'm going to be a little self-serving here. But look when you go listen to any of our competitors, how they never will tell you anything about hard work. They're always going to tell you about mindset. They're always going to tell you. They're going to try to be motivational speakers and, you know, being Tony Robbins clones and ch- help you to work on your mindset. And you know, think the stars aren't aligning for you because you don't have your mindset and all these other sort of touchy-feely words. And what a lot of folks, and I didn't realize this either. I mean, I'm 47, and I, I came up in an era where those were the types of thoughts that people put in your head about being successful. You read a book about you know about being successful in real estate and it would, or anything again, and it would be you know it'd be absolutely brimming with all these little platitudes about success, which it took me and Julie decades to figure out were 99% bullshit. And why were they put in those books? And why were all these speakers um, saying all these types of things? Because it's an easy sell. That's why. Nobody wants to be told that you have to suck it up buttercup and do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. Nobody wants to be told that, do they? You don't want to be told that. I don't want to be told that. Nobody wants to be told that. But that's the truth. You got to do things that basically you don't want to do, and you got to do them consistently every single day. And you can't just do them; you can't just call it in. You have to become a master of those types of things. It doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, in our industry of real estate. It doesn't matter if you're in our industry of coaching. It doesn't matter if you're a pie maker. It doesn't matter if you own a gym. It doesn't matter if you own if you're a surgeon, or it doesn't matter what you do. The fact is, is it's going to be a large part of what you do every single day, that if given a choice you would rather not do, but you still have to do it, and you. You don't, it's not just a function of doing it. You have to do it at an exceptionally high level, and if you don't, you fail, or you never become great, or you never really you know, become even mildly good at what it is that you're supposedly doing for a living. It's fascinating, isn't it? But that's the truth. So I strongly salute all of you who listen, who have been listening to us on a regular basis, who bought the book Harris Rules, who are starting to breathe the same air as literally tens of thousands of other folks are around the country, and kind of you know coming around the bend in all this touchy feely business bullshit that's been you know inundated. Uh, it's not just guys; it's not just the, you know the book, the business book, and motivation section at Barnes and Noble. It's business school. It's uh, you go to any of these places, and if someone so like if you're writing a book or if you're being giving a speech or if you're being hired like so Julie and I are interviewed to go and give speeches and go give presentations to real estate brokerages and we get these solicitations on a fairly regular basis and a lot of them don't they know that we're you know popular they know that we're you know whatever so they'll come and they'll ask us and well what do you guys want to speak on and then we send them our list of topics and then usually what they'll try to do is they'll say well can you speak on this topic because it would have more of an appeal and it wouldn't be so controversial. It wouldn't be something that you know, might make people mad. And we say, no, we're not going to change what we say. You're not going to pay us to all of a sudden become your puppet so you can put us in front of your big group of agents and we can tell them a bunch of crap that we don't believe. But that's what everybody else does. That's the business, guys. But not for Julie and I, not for all of you. You deserve better. And so when you get an email or you get a solicitation from someone that's trying to sell you leads or trying to sell you something that intuitively you know is bullshit, I want you to have the courage to say, hell no. Now, you don't have to be rude to them, though sometimes it's fun, but you don't have to be. Just say, no, thank you. It's not for me. I know how to generate my own business. No, thank you. It's not for me. I run my business on an 80% profit margin. No, thank you. It's not for me. I'm not going to be seduced by the easy button anymore. There you go. There's your challenge. So, again, guys, that's the bottom line, and that's the entrepreneurial mindset. The entrepreneurial mindset is not looking for the easy button. The entrepreneurial mindset is not looking for the shortcut. The entrepreneurial mindset is not basically trying to you know, life hack your way to being lazy, which is what a lot of you guys try to do. You think it's noble, and I feel sorry for you because you think that's what you're supposed to do. You literally think you're supposed to wake up every single day and figure out little crafty ways to do the least amount of work every day and get the most benefit, and you think that's actually how it works. And yet, here you are, some of you are in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and your 60s. Now, if you're in your 50s and 60s, chances are you came up in a time where, you, where it wasn't like that, so you probably have a better sense of the fact that a lot of this sort of touchy-feely crap that's come around in the last 20 years is bullshit. But for the rest of you, really for my age and Julie's age and younger, you don't know the difference probably because everything you've ever gone to as far as a reference point, how to be successful, how to be a business owner, how to you know just do anything in life that is something you can be proud of, it's been so covered with all this Mickey Mouse, touchy feely mindset crap that it's confusing. And here's ultimately the reason this stuff truthfully does piss me off and Julie off. It's because we see... We see the ramifications of wasted potentiality when you guys follow those uh, paths too far. When you guys stay on those paths forever, and my favorite one is when I mean this by saying I hate it. Um, you know that's what my favorite one means. I'm being sarcastic. Are all of you guys who are wasting so much of your time trying to build teams? That is. Insanity for most of you. Most of you should never even have the thought. Now, look, I'm not saying you shouldn't add a staff member or two, but the idea that you should have some big, huge team is insanity if your goal is to make profit. And with the profit, assuming that's your goal, that's how you become rich. So, no one's told you this, but I'm going to tell you this now, and I want you never to forget, and this is in our book, Harris Rules Selling real estate won't make you rich. Selling real estate won't make you rich. Matter of fact, we have a lot of normal entrepreneurial business owners that are in our industry. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're selling, service or product or whatever, whatever you're doing is your principal source of income right now won't make you rich. It won't. It's what you do with the profits from your business that will make you rich. When you read uh books about basically, you know, millionaires, first generation millionaires, and you hear, Oh, there are doctors and there are lawyers or there were, you know, small business owners, and they own a manufacturing facility in you know, the Midwest. You guys hear that kind of stuff all the time, right? And then you think, oh, well, I should have been making widgets in Wisconsin, and somehow then magically that's the thing I was missing. Bullshit. That's not what made that guy rich. What made that guy rich was he pulled profit out of that business because he ran a really good business, and he reinvested that. And almost always they reinvested in real estate. Isn't that Interesting. So that's what we want you guys to do too. And that's the last chapter in Harris Rules in our book. So make sure you get the book. As people have uh, – you know, it's great, Julie. <laughs> we had somebody ask us why the book is less than 150 pages, where most books nowadays are 300 mm-hmm. pages. And, and mm-hmm. this person never written a book before. And I said to them, it's actually harder to make a book that has no bullshit in it. So if we had – if our book was called – our book is called Harris Rules, Your No BS Practical Step-by-Step Guide to Finally Becoming Rich and Free. But if the book had a lot of bullshit in it, <laughs> like a typical book, we which the whole middle section is nothing <laughs> – we couldn't name it that. It bad. would be the, the have,
2: of BS. <laughs> Fluffery, I we can't exactly. even handle it that way.
1: You guys Still would have said the no BS practical guide, whatever, whatever. Except for pages one fifty through two twenty, <laughs> that's all fluff and filler. And we actually had our publisher and a lot of other people said, oh, you got to make it bigger. You got to put more stuff in it. You got to put more anecdotal stories and more. I hate that when I read a book. When I read a book, just like when you guys are, I, I want it to be like Nav. I want to put in an address of where I am, where I want to go. I want exact instructions on how to get there. That's what the book is. And so, you know, Julie, I said I didn't have a rant. It turns out that I did. So (laughs) do you have anyone you want to acknowledge? You just want to jump right back into our next point. Yeah. Well, you know, I read. uh, Look, I can't, no matter how successful we personally become, no matter how many, how long we've been in this industry, I have this compelling, uh, undeniable, insatiable need to tell people, uh, to basically demystify things. Because I think in the back of my mind, I'll always have the image of you and I in our early 20s trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how to go about doing things and and, and figuring out how to shorten the path for all these other people. I actually feel that at this point in our lives and our careers, my dear, that that is our absolute moral obligation, to make it so that the people that are coming up after us or at the same time have an an easier route, and if we can say one small thing, and if it happens to come out in one of my radio rants, or or in the book, or somewhere else, if I can say one small thing, or you can say one small thing that makes it so that somebody has a little easier time of it, then I think we've served that purpose. Do you agree?
2: No, I absolutely agree, and I do have that same image. I remember sitting in our first-time micro house, and our version of this back then before all of the clutter that these guys deal with in their email and their voicemail and all of the marketing that goes out to them. Our version of that was <laughs> just as overwhelming but on a more simple basis where we had this giant REMAX catalog, and, and we, I talked about this in the Harris Rules book. And and you, know, you get your license, and it's like, here's the book, order something. And I remember you and I were just – Beside ourselves, like where do you even start? There's all of this stuff that you're supposed to do, never mind signs and lock boxes. How are you supposed to promote yourself and where do leads actually come from? And now, I mean, imagine it's like that Remax catalog that we had to choose what we wanted from. That's like times a billion with what these guys get bombarded with. People asking for their credit cards, you know, this is the magic solution. And so that's I did spend some time on that in the Harris Rules book, helping people to understand that you don't have to just go order whatever everybody offers to you. You've got to rely on yourself. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's what we believe so the topic, So yes, I do agree so with the you. Top,
1: so the topic of the continued uh, topic from yesterday is the 12 signs you have the entrepreneurial mindset. And Julie, I believe we are on point number six.
2: Uh, Yes. Okay. So I think we decided on seven, actually. So point number seven is- Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Point number seven. Yep. Yep. You welcome change. So let's hover on that point for a second. You welcome change. If you have only one acceptable outcome in mind, your chances of making it are slim, says Rosemary Composano, President and CEO of the Silicon Valley Chain Halo Blow Dryer Bars. Some of you guys walk past these every day, this crazy blow dryer hair. I don't even know what they do. I guess they blow your hair out. So she says that if you're willing to listen, your clients will show you which of your products or services provide the most value. Now, in real estate, welcoming change means being flexible. Flexibility and versatility are some of the leading hallmarks of our most successful coaching members. When things don't go as planned, they don't just give up, they simply find another way. And and you can apply this at every stage in real estate from lead generation to following up to keeping deals together. Welcoming change instead of hiding from it. That includes when the market changes on you. I've been hearing a lot of reports, Tim, from our coaching members that, you know, their markets are slowing down and because things have been fast and furious for so long, oh my gosh, it's gonna take 20 days to sell a house or it's gonna take two months instead of multiple offers in 22 seconds. Embrace the change. The world is not coming to an end if you don't have 20 offers to choose from. Versus some agents that say, well, I guess the market's shifting, I'll just wait till spring. (laughs) Which one's gonna make more money? The flexible, versatile type. Anything you want to add to that? Nope. All right, so point number eight, entrepreneurial mindset. You love a challenge. When confronted with problems, many employees try to pass the buck. Entrepreneurs, on the other hand, rise to the occasion. Challenges motivate them to work harder, says Jeff Platt, CEO of the Sky Zone indoor trampoline park franchise. An entrepreneur doesn't think anything is insurmountable. He looks adversity into the eye and keeps going. Candice Nelson, founder of one of my favorites, although not this month with our ten ten challenge, Sprinkles Cupcakes, <laughs> agrees. But we'll all agree that it's been a very uh, successful franchise. Uh, despite naysayers who questioned her idea for a bakery in the midst of the carb-fearing early 2000s, she persevered and now has locations in eight states. In fact, she has one of the first entrepreneurs in a business that became an ongoing craze sparking numerous copycats. So here's the question. Do you feel energized by challenges in real estate or do you feel drained by challenges? How do you face a changing market? What do you do when, you've always, when what you've always done stops working? Do you hit the panic button or do you rise to the occasion? The Entrepreneurs problem with that, would love the challenge.
1: Go ahead. The problem is, is if you don't know where to d- decide to basically draw your line in the sand. And the problem, again, is if you are inundated with all these people trying to sell you the easy button, you will maybe misinterpret that last point into believing that you're supposed to then learn how to form a team and take on Facebook ads and do all the other stuff. Because you don't have a clear mission to start out with, you don't have a clear focus on how to build your business, you're always just going to basically going from trying to accomplish one thing to the other, but none of those things even make any sense. And that's, just, that's what a lot of you all suffer from, is you really maybe have put in a lot of effort, and you haven't been lazy, but you've been putting your effort on the wrong thing. Things. You may have gone to a conference or some other, you know, person sold you into some sort of easy button idea and now you're rounding the bend on the year and you're realizing I didn't accomplish my goals this year. I didn't have a great year. The promises that basically I thought I was going to, that you know that I made to myself and my family aren't going to happen this year. Maybe you're having those thoughts and here's what's scary that happens after this, those thoughts that's scary. is You start to blame yourself. You start to question yourself. You start to question whether or not you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Look, I don't know you personally. Maybe you don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. But as Assuming that you do, the fact is, is that you have, you should not beat yourself up if the path you are following hasn't been the right path and it hasn't worked. Sometimes a lot of these ideas aren't, they don't work, they never have worked, but they're just they're designed to sell a product. They're, the product itself is not designed to work. You guys have to be really clear about that. And in the real estate realm, there's a lot of people that are attracted to our industry because they're the, um, you know, get-rich-quick types. They're the ones that basically think, you know, it's easy to sell real estate. It's easy to be successful in real estate. It's easy just to buy a bunch of leads from Zillow, and I'll just go out and sell houses to a bunch of buyers. And people believe it. And so then they, you know, spend a year, two years in this industry. They realize they're not getting anywhere, and maybe they not only aren't getting anywhere, but they're actually starting to create financial problems in their own lives. Those are the folks I feel sorry for for because no one's ever grabbed you guys by the collars and said, Hey, guess what? It's not you. It's the problem the problem is the path you're following. So be very selective on the challenges that you choose with regards to basically seeking market opportunity. And point
2: number nine, Julie. Point number nine, you consider yourself an outsider. Entrepreneurs aren't always accepted, says Vincent Petrick, founder of J.P. Licks, which is a Boston chain of ice cream shops. They may be seen as opinionated, quirky, and demanding, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. They're often rejected for being different in some way, and that just makes them work harder. Many agents in real estate feel this way because they felt, I'm sorry, many agents are in real estate because they felt like an outsider in their previous field. You probably got into real estate so you could make your own way. Be careful to embrace the blessing of this move and to avoid the curse. What's the curse? Not having anyone to tell you what to do, when to do it, or how to do it, or to do it at the highest level, except us, of course. So what's the blessing? You can make as much money as you wish through helping as many people as it takes. There's no income cap. There's no location requirement, a low barrier to entry, and you don't have to pay for your own inventory. So take action to honor the freedom that you have as an outsider and don't abuse it by not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and doing it at a crappy level if you do it at all. okay? So it's well, kind of a double-edged sword there, right? Go
1: ahead. Why do you, you're using examples a lot of times of basically people whose businesses have succeeded because they franchise or because they essentially figured out a business system and they're replicating it? The very business system that's taking this ice cream guy and the, and the cupcakes guy and the, you know, all these other people, what they've done is they figured out how to create a system that then creates a consistent result, and a lot of times they license the system or they franchise. You guys really don't have that, other than basically, and I know this sounds self-serving, but following. Our coaching program. Our coaching program is not a franchise, but it's as close to a step-by-step roadmap to building – uh, successful very profitable real estate practice that there is in the marketplace nobody else is saying and doing and you know essentially what we're doing and what we're saying and how we're saying to do it it's very simple and it's very practical and it's very step by step so when you hear these folks that are talking about basically their success in business you got to drill down a little bit more well you know like somebody might just hear about this ice cream shop and say well i need to form an ice cream store but i got news for you if you not if you form an ice cream store without having a proven path to follow your ice cream business will will fail you so you guys get the point here it's one thing to basically and and a subtle
2: thing tim you always bring this up it's subtle and it can slide past them but it's a huge point ice cream shop guy and cupcake lady they have to pay for that stuff okay they don't they don't just you know snap their fingers and have the ice cream fairy drop ice cream into your cone they got to buy their merchandise their inventory their store space their employees all of that stuff You don't have to deal with most of that in real estate. It's a huge blessing, and yet not everybody sees that. So just had to jump in there for a second. Point number 10. Yes, point number 10, you recover quickly. It's a popular notion that successful entrepreneurs fail fast and fail often. For Barbara Corcoran, the trick is in the speed of recovery. If you fail, resist the urge to mope or feel sorry for yourself. Don't wallow. Move on to the next big thing immediately. Just say Next. Don't make random real estate failures into your story for the next week, month, quarter, or year. Just say next. Move on to the next person, couple, or family who truly needs your help. And, Tim, you and I have both had so many coaching calls where we ask, you know, what was the best thing that happened since we last spoke to making more money? And it's so funny. If anything bad happens, that's like the leading story. Well, I had a deal tank. And then, like, well, two a seconds eight, later, they, they tell us about all of the really great stuff that happened. Why yeah, is the tendency... Focus on the bad
1: go ahead but we but that 's what weak agents do, or weak business people or just people in general. they gravitate towards the one thing that gives them the excuse to be lazy and be complacent and it 's because they didn't you know it, it's a, it's a mindset guys, so accumulatively in your lifetime, you will probably have almost an equal number of what you could call bad things uh, happen as you will what you call good things happen it's always it's kind of an ebb and a flow that 's how life works, but if you don 't if you focus all your energies on wallowing in the past about what happened, you know, in the past, you're never going to be able to see the opportunities that are there in front of you. And the reality of it is, is that this business is a blessing, but it's also a curse. That's the truth. Because you have to deal with a lot of weirdos in this business. You have to deal with wall-to-wall knuckleheads. And a lot of those knuckleheads, if we're being honest, are the people that you call fellow agents. And you still have to push through it. You still have to basically rise above it. This time of year is especially difficult for folks, because there's so many things that are telling you that you can't be productive this time of year. And there's so many people that are telling you you can't be productive. And then, you know, this is the reason we're doing this 90 day massive or this 90 day mastermind, right? That, uh, TFW, and you guys know what I'm talking about, who are in the Mastermind, Total Effing War Mastermind, where your goal is to take 10 listings and lose 10 pounds, and that Mastermind is free for all of you guys that helped to make Harris Rules number one bestseller on Amazon. All we ask you do is purchase the book and give us a great review, and you can be in the Mastermind. We are doing everything it takes to, for us to spin up as much energy and intensity in you in the next 90 days so that when you roll into uh, 2018, you roll in with motivation, you roll in with enthusiasm, you roll in weighing 10 pounds less and having 10 blessings. Okay, how about that for practical? That's what our focus is. Just stay in the zone, guys. Keep things simple. Look, just, just stay on that one very, the very simple idea that if you had 10 – and look, some of you guys already have like 100 listings, so what's the 10 extra listings? So you'll have to you know, ramp the number up or down. Same goes to the weight. Maybe you don't want to lose 10 pounds, you want to lose 15, or maybe you don't want to lose any weight, you want to gain weight. Whatever, you get the idea. But, guys, look, if you just focus in the next ninety days, despite the holidays, despite all the you know seasonal emotional problems that a lot of people have, all the bullshit that happens in the fourth quarter, if you just keep your North star being and stay on mission around the ten listings and ten pounds again, you know you can ramp it up or down accordingly. But if you do stay focused on that, you're going to do things you wouldn't normally do. You're going to do them with an intensity you wouldn't normally have. And you're going to get results that you wouldn't normally get. That's exciting. And Julie and I are doing it ourselves. We do this every year because we, like you, have a tendency to want to get lazy in fourth quarter. I don't know why. I don't even care to understand why. I'm not going to try to psychologically Dr. fill myself to figure out why, and neither should you. That is mental masturbation, and it's a waste of time. So the best way to do it is do things like the 10-10 challenge, where you force yourself to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, we are going to Orange Theory every single day at 430 and I promise you, it sucks. You know, it's so funny. You walk in there and, like, <laughs> the ge- the te- you know instructor, right, oh, it's this is your private time. This is where you get to go and just be, you know, they're making it sound like you're going to some sort of spa and you're going to have your foot rubbed and they're going to bring you, like, you know, expressos and they're going to sing you songs and fan you with palm leaves. You know, it's so hilarious. What what, they're almost being, you know, intellectually dishonest. What they should say, or what I would say if I was the instructor at Orange Theory, I'd say, "This is going to suck for the next hour. Suck it up, Buttercup. Because isn't that the truth, right?" But look, at the end of the day, it's the results that I'm after. It's the results that you guys need to be after as well. So use this time of year when there's less competitors in the marketplace to go after the business, to get your mindset, get your uh, cash flow locked in so you can have your best year ever. Do please consider purchasing the book. Uh, Give us a great review on Amazon, and do get involved in the mastermind. After you've purchased the book, it's really simple. Just go uh, email help at timandjulieharris.com. And let our customer service team know that you've purchased the book, and then they will um, – and you know, it, the the review is up to you. I'm not going to obviously mandate that. But if you do leave a review, please have at least read a couple chapters so that you're leaving an honest review, um, and then you're in the mastermind. I think we've had three mastermind calls so far, so it is a good time for you guys to jump in. All right, so if there's anything we can do for you, please feel free to email me at Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.